0: Now, on this Invest Talk Podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And
0: provides unbiased answers.
2: Good question, though. And good thought process, and always good to look forward to. I think there's only, really, what, seven or nine states that have no income tax?
0: Invest Talk. Over 42 million downloads and counting. Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. 888 99
3: Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility, and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. So, we're past the July 4th holiday and moving into the hottest part of the summer. So far in Southern California, it's been pretty pleasant. Not very hot, not very warm. And, of course, with the heat of the summer, so will come the volatility. Or so will volatility continue since we've had plenty of it already. And today we had a pretty big volatile day. The Dow was down, five, what, five 600 points at the opening or near the opening and ended up being down only 129. But the other two indices, main indices, were up after being down pretty heavy. So it was a, a, an intraday move up for a change a pleasant surprise. I'm Steve Peasley. I look forward to doing this podcast because I enjoy hearing your financial investment questions. So get them ready. I'm always careful to give you straight and unbiased answers. That's what Justin and I do. And we certainly don't have anything to keep, you know, we're not, we don't have a bias somewhere uh, like a hidden agenda. We don't. We're pretty upfront about all that. And we're not going to be pushing any ideas on you. Go buy this. Go buy that. We don't do that. Uh, what we do is answer your questions. And we do it with a, a fair analysis of what we think we see and based on the numbers in front of us of the software we're pulling up. Okay, that, We're just trying to give you the facts. That really is what we're trying to do. Okay? So, I can say for sure. You know, today's investing environment is different than it has been for a number of years. It's now, you know, we have a rising interest rate environment. We have lots of inflation. We didn't have those things for years. Years. Now we do. So how does that affect the market? Well, you've seen the volatility. And the Fed's still on its more path to raise interest rates. Till so that changes it's gonna be a difficult market. Doesn't mean it will all be down, doesn't, but it means there's a lot of pressure. Because as they raise rates, they are trying to slow the economy, they're trying to kill the inflation, but slowing the economy means throwing us maybe into recession. And that's what we're dealing with. So if you wanna talk about that or anything or any specific questions about stocks, this is the time to call. Our Anytime Listener Line toll-free number is 888-99-CHART. 888 chart Love to hear from you. So let's go ahead first. Let's go to the Bay Area and talk to Jacob. Hi, Jacob.
1: Hey, how you doing, Steve?
2: Good. Thanks for the call.
1: I had a question about Oventive, O-V-V. Um I just picked up a little bit more today after it pulled back, about 10%, uh, bringing my total position to like forty uh, to about 4% or so. Okay. Uh, I already own Oxy, uh, Occidental Petroleum, and Oneo, Chevron, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exxon to bring my total energy position to about fifteen percent. Um, okay. But with a forward earnings of like sixteen in two thousand twenty-three, and a P of a two and a half, I'm wondering what you think of Oventiv.
2: Okay, I have a two thousand twenty-three earnings of fourteen dollars and ninety-six cents, so fifteen dollars. I'm a little different than you. But that does push the EPE down pretty darn low, but it's talking $39.96. So, you know, either way you look at it. Uh, Oventive, everybody. OVV, engaged in exploration and production of natural gas and oil in British Columbia, Alberta, and in the United States. And I got 15%. You know, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. You went up to 18% of your portfolio in the energy side. It wouldn't hurt my feelings whatsoever. Okay I think that, that that's about the limit I would put on this the, the energy sector at this point. This stock is very healthy, okay? Uh, they don't have very much debt they have some. Turneck is 29% for an oil company. That's pretty darn high. Cash flow is pretty high. The dividend is two and a half percent, so they have plenty of room to raise a the dividend. They probably will. It's a $10 billion dollar company, so it's pretty good size. And they're selling, like $1.9 billion in sales, $2 billion in sales. A quarter, last quarter, the December quarter, they had $3.3 billion in sales. So I think it's a great value stock that's undervalued. I do. So uh, it has fallen recently like all the other oil companies. But I think you should look at it as you're looking at it as an opportunity. Okay? That's OVV. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Okay, uh, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headlines. Bonds flash recession warning light as key part of the yield curve inverts again. We've talked about this many times, an inversion of the yield curve. So we'll talk about it again, and we'll explore, explore whether that – what the, does that really mean we're moving into recession or not? So if we have time, i got a couple, three other things I want to talk about. Home buying is drying up. We've talked about that many times, but I want to take a little bit different angle on it this time, So, and I'll give you some stats. Natural gas is up 700% in Europe. Did you know that? This year, just this year, up 700%. And finally, um, Morgan Stanley says... If we fall into a recession, the market may fall another 22%. You see, I've been talking about different experts, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, others. Some say that it's going to do X. Some say it's going to do Y. And they're all over the place. They're all over the place. This is why I don't want you to take any one person's or one company's opinion and go with it. Look at a bunch of them. Get a get gather a bunch of information, a bunch of opinions, and then you make your own decision on which one you want to follow, which one is right. Because experts are pretty much always wrong. It's just a degree, you know. Usually, that's what it is. Can they be right? Of course they can. But I've been around long enough to know that. In the the biggest example of experts being always wrong or being wrong big time was the dot com era when they were flashing buy 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 everything right up until the dot com crash, and none of those dot coms very very few had any hope of ever making it in 1999. They didn't have any, many of them didn't have sales, let alone profits, and the uh, experts quote unquote big houses like Goldman Sachs. All saying, buy them. You got to buy them. You got to buy them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, then you had to collapse. And most of those dot-coms went out of business. So, do your own. Do it yourself. Okay. The market was uh, it's, was mixed at the end of the day, even though it was very much da- on a downward track when it opened. The Dow ended up being down 129 points, and NASDAQ up. 194 points and the S&P up 6. So technically the market was a positive market today because two of the three main indexes were up. But yeah. It just what it was interesting is was the turnaround. That's what made the market interesting today in my in p- my opinion. My terrific question concerns history on the yield curve. That's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. How did the market do? Well, I just told you what it did. And, you know, are are we in for a more bear market? Are we done with the bear market? I don't think we're done. I've said that numerous times here in the recent weeks. Uh, I, I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done until the market believes that the Fed is going to stop raising rates market doesn't believe that now they still think the feds raising rates and i do i don't think they should and i've said that clearly i don't think they should maybe a quarter point just because they want to get the interest rates up but they're pushing us into a recession to me it's kind of obvious it has been for a little while they're late that's the problem they should have raised interest rates a year ago year and a half ago should have started but no now they're late again now they're Yeah, it's just what it is. Okay, 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have to move into a break. But I'm here and on duty, ready to answer your financial investment questions. Call me, 888-99-CHART.
0: Why do listener questions make invest talk better?
1: Which of these would you recommend?
0: Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice.
1: I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here.
3: When do I know the right time to take profits.
1: Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here?
0: And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction.
3: I think you have a terrific show and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show.
4: Uh, I've been listening for several years now and I've Now each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart.
1: Hi Steve and Justin. I have a question on the Stock Warner Brothers, WBD. And wanted to get your opinion overall on the company, what you think the outlook is.
0: And I have some shares currently and was wondering
1: if it would be good to continue to hold or sell. I'll be listening to the answer on your show. Thank you okay this
2: is warner brothers discovery wbd offers original and purchase programming to the media and entertainment industries in the united states they make money they've always made money for a number of years they're going to make a dollar seven this year and a dollar 89 next year after making a dollar 54 last year but that was way down from 2020 when they made three dollars and 20 cents 2019 they made three dollars and 68 cents all per share and then down 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 now they're going to allegedly bounce back next year up a little bit. Okay, Uh, sales are pretty decent, up 13% in the most recent March quarter. We don't have, you know, uh, we don't have the second quarter numbers yet. Uh, We will, you know, earnings season, will be starting here shortly. So we'll start getting numbers. And they're growing decently last year percentage-wise in sales. Okay, decently. It's a $35 billion company. Uh, it's a $14.44 stock, going to make $1.89, so that means your P.E. is around, what, 7? Okay, and their five-year range is 4 to 26, so a pretty wide range, but notice it's on the low side. No dividend. That's one of the things I don't like about it. It's a $35 billion company, You know, you're not paying a dividend? You, you've been around forever, and you're not paying a dividend? Is that because you have lots of debt? You know, uh, I checked the debt. If the debt is large, I, I'd probably exit it. Just as, I think it'll go back to the low 20s. I do. But if it does go back to low 20s, mid-20s, I get out. Because it's just not, it doesn't have, I don't know what the catalyst would be. Just not, for the next growth spurt, you know. I mean, they're decently, I mean, it's, it's not, it's it's value, it's a value stock. But I just don't, I don't. I don't know, it doesn't do anything for me. Huge cash flow, of twelve dollars a share. I mean huge cash flow is almost as much as the stock price. That's that's a lot. Okay. Uh let's see. 888 um, eight 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 ninety nine charge our number. Uh Warner Butters, by the way, it was W B D. W B as a boy, D as a dog. We're going to have to move into a break again. My Investop Fund lines are open. 888-99 chart 888-992-4278. So give me a call. What do you want to talk about? We're talking anything financial. It's all open. So I'm here listening, waiting for those calls. 888-99 chart.
0: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments.
2: 888 99 chart. So, my focus point today uh, bonds flash recession warning. As a key, as the yield curve inverts again, a key part of the yield curve. Now, if you remember right, this is an article that just came out today. If you remember right, two or three months ago, when the first time I saw the two year treasury yield paying paying more than the 30 year treasury yield that were probably that's a red that's a red flag for possible recession. And okay, now we're seeing the ten-year Treasury yield today inverted with the two-year. Another inversion where the ten-year pays less than the two-year. So that tells you there's something not good going on about the situation. And what what are the two? Uh, the two-year I think is two point seven nine two percent. So you bought a two-year, you get two point seven nine point 792 percent per year but if you buy the 10 year you get 2.78 percent a little bit less to buy a longer a longer treasury so why would that happen well there's various reasons why that happened but it, you as an as an investor just not, needs to know that it's happening okay it we had it inverted again now now the problem is is I can be very confident in telling you that we're going into recession when the yield curve inverts. We're going into recession. What I can't tell you is how soon and how deep because it's all over the space. It could, be, it could happen and we go into recession next month. It can happen we won't go into recession for two years, three years. I, I, it's all over the place. It just has always happened. So it's only one red flag that you should pay attention to. There's others, but you can't just rely on it. You can't just say, okay, that's what it is. We're going to recession. I need to – you can't use it as a timing device. You can't do that. You can only recognize it as a red flag, and it is a red flag. How you know? How long it stays there is an issue. Uh, is the Federal Reserve going to raise rates the next time they meet, and what will that do to the yields, you know, uh, short-term and long-term? uh these things are always it's, it's always in flux but pay attention to them pay attention we are going to get i think we get the gdp numbers at the end of this month for the second quarter we're not going to see it till then and i i see everyday changes of of experts changing their projections and they're all over the place from negative to positive Okay, if we shrink again, that'd be the second quarter in a row. We shrank 1.9 percent in the first quarter. Our GDP, we sh- shrink for a second quarter in a row. That is a quote unquote the official signal of a recession. Now, there's other things that would demonstrate a recession as well, but you know it's generally accepted that two quarters in a row of, of shrinkage is a definition of a recession in the economy. Now, what's really interesting, that doesn't necessarily predict where the market's going to go. The market will be at its worst when uh, before the recession is really labeled as a recession. So we might be all the way through or getting close to being done, even though I still think we have a little ways to go, uh, with most of the market damage. The market will start to turn up. Turn up before any any kind of hint, in the economy turning up. The market always is forward looking, always, and the bond market is one of the most I don't know. I, we'll call it durable signals out there. If the mob market turns around, then the stock market probably turn around. So that's how you do read that. Okay. Now, let's swing back to another InvestTalk Voice Bank question for a caller question that came in uh, earlier. 888 chart
3: Hi, I like your show. I want to talk about STEM. S-T-E-M is the ticker. My name's Jeff. Is this a good buy? S-T-E-M, STEM, battery storage for power backup. Thank you.
2: Inc. provides service, revenue management, software service for enterprises in the healthcare and technology industry. It's a fairly new company. came out public in 2020, a couple of years ago. Uh, it got as high as $50 a share, and now it's $7.57. Doesn't make money, not making money. Sales growth isn't really nice, and it's a $1.1 $1. 1 billion company, but it only does $41 million a quarter. Not, that was last quarter the quarter before that was 52 million so it's not it's not you know it's not growing that, that fast even though the quarters before that was very small so it had you have growth they're going to lose 66 cents a share this year 45 cents a share next year they have pretty good amount of debt Manage, management over 7% and mutual funds are slowly buying i would not buy it because i don't like buying companies that don't make money so not not any interest to me after go to break, here's my trivia question. A recession is never guaranteed, but it always, almost always, occurs after a yield curve dip, and inversion. So looking back to the 1950s, can you name the time when no recession followed the yield curve dip? What year was that? After break, I will supply the answer. For now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage your investment questions,
4: 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off. Visit Rosettastone.com/today. That's 50 percent off, unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50 percent off now at Rosettastone.com/today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. The stock market
0: is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART.
2: Okay, so you know I've been talking about the yield curve inversion, and I said it's very durable. That every time a inversion happens, a recession does follow, but we can't tell you when, how close, how long it could take—a long time or it can happen quickly. So I'm going to give you some more details about that with my trivia question. Okay, a recession is never guaranteed, but almost always occurs after yield curve dip inversion. Okay, so. What are some of the information? So, look at the chart. We can go. We can see that each recession since 1950 was preceded. 1950 was preceded by periods when the yield on the two-year uh, two-year treasury note exceeded the yield on the ten-year bond, U.S. treasury bond. There was one case where no recession followed in 1965, 66. Well, it did follow. It just took a lot of years. Um, so. Here are some other interesting facts. During the 1930s and 40s, short-term interest rates were kept artificially low. Does that sound familiar? Because of the Great Depression. Well, we weren't in the Great Depression, and the Fed kept it artificially low for years. Right? Just now, they're trying to increase it. Okay. Um, Given the evidence, the yield inversion between the two-year and 10-year bond is not a perfect... Indicator of future recessions and bear markets. However, well over 80% of the time, it does prove to be an accurate indicator. So you can't just use that in one indicator and say, okay, we're going into recession and a bear market. You can't do that. Can't. It's just a very strong red flag. And almost always, (laughs) since 1950, anyways, a yield curve inversion has happened prior to a bear market. So, it happens. And you know, you can go back to even to the COVID bear market. Go back there. You'll see the inversion. It inverted for just a very short period of time. Uh, remember, the uh, the bear market was in March of 2020, but in uh, by, 2019 inverted at the end toward the end of the year. Just for a short short period of time, even though I know how I don't, it did not predict COVID. It didn't, you know, it just, uh, just, I don't know. That was just happenstance. But at that time I said, you know, that's a big red warning flag that we're going into recession at some point. And we did shortly with that COVID recession. We did that to ourselves. So we shut everything down. We're also doing it to ourselves this time. by pushing interest rates to try to kill inflation. And I think the Fed's a little too late, as I've said many times on the air. Let's go to an InvestTalk voice, big question. that uh, came in earlier from Arizona.
1: Hey, Steven, Justin, this is Art from Tucson. Uh, calling about the stock VonTier BNT, the ticker. I've had it for a better part of a year. Highly rated value stock, but doesn't seem to go anywhere. I'm down about 30% on it. Uh, wondered what you thought... Its future might hold. If it looked good to you for a long term hold, I, I'd hold it, you know, possibly for another year or so. Also, I have a question on tax loss harvest with stocks like Volunteer that I'm down on significantly, but maybe want to get rid of part of my position. Is it okay to sell like half your position in a stock that you're down on and get a tax loss harvest, or do you have to sell the whole position to get the? The harvest for the year, because I was thinking a stock like volunteer I could sell half and get a tax loss, and then hang on to the rest of the shares into the next year, and and maybe they bump up. Anyway, just um, interested in your thoughts on on those topics, and I'll be listening on the podcast. Appreciate all you do for us. Thanks.
2: Well, answer your last question. Yes, you can sell half and get a tax loss on the half. Okay. Um, uh, everybody else. If you ever wanted to hold on a stock, but you have a big loss in it, like he was suggesting, he has in this uh, volunteer corporation, if you can, you can sell it and take the loss to apply to gains, or you three thousand of the doll, three thousand dollars of the loss to ordinary income, so you can reduce your ordinary income by three thousand. If you have three up to three thousand dollars, if that's how big the loss is, or it's larger than that. But only it can do three thousand. So yeah, that's called tax loss harvesting. And yes, you can do a partial position in whatever you sell and whatever the loss was for what you sold. Yes. Now Ventor Corporation is a couple year old company, provides equipment components, software services for transportation and mobility infrastructure industry. It makes money, it's gonna make three dollars and twenty six cents this year, it made two dollars ninety eight cents last year per share. Next year it's gonna make three fifteen, so it's gonna go down. And the stock has fallen from, what, the high 30s uh, down to $22.56 near its low now, okay? Near its 52-week low. Uh, Is it worth owning? Well, it grew sales in the March quarter 6%. The December quarter last year, it shrank sales 3%. So it's no longer in the quarter before that grew 3%. I don't see it as a very strong growth stock. So, it's not going to trade at high PEs. The PE range for this company is 7 to 14. It has a pretty decent amount of debt, which kind of worries me. Uh, I, I, you know, It has a really good return on equity, but maybe that debt is what's producing that. you got to be careful there. And uh, I wouldn't buy it. I'd sell it, take the loss, and move on to a different company. If you have a lot of faith in it, I still will sell it and then buy it back 31 days because you cannot... You know, when you have a tax loss in a stock, you can't buy that stock back for until 31 days. 30 days have to pass. If you do, it's called. Uh, if you bought it back before that, your 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 capital loss is washed out. It's called a wash sale. In other words, you would have no loss capital loss because you bought the company. You just they won't. They don't want you. They mean the government to take capital losses in a short period like that. They make you at least be out of the stock for 30 days to capture the loss. Not sure why, but they do. So, um, let's see. What else we got here? Talking point. Okay, I want to talk about the homes, okay? The purchase activity, quote, unquote, purchase activity of buying a house. Now, that is down 24% based from a year ago. 24 percent based on a year ago and refinancing applications are down 80 percent year over year so you know it's just another signal to show you how weak the housing market is becoming we haven't seen the numbers yet officially we haven't seen like home price sales are still high still high uh, exist um, new construction is still very high you know, but you're, you're, we have seen houses on the market and prices being marked down for houses spike. That activity of being down, of, of uh, lowering your price, it spiked, the activity of that. And so now we're seeing the the uh, uh, purchase activities t- down big time, 24% year over year. So... <coughs> Just just being aware what's going on in our economy, what's going on in the housing. Remember, the housing market was a very strong pillar of economic activity for several years as interest rates got down to zero, I mean, dec- yeah, last decade or so. So now we're not in that same cycle. We're in a different cycle. We're in an up cycle. Mortgage rates have doubled from their lows. And that, and then lows weren't that long ago. It was a few months ago but they've doubled. Still very low, by the way, historically speaking, but painful for people who, you know, are trying to refinance. Refinancing has dried up. There's no need to do it anymore. Okay? Okay, so... um, Similar to everybody, And, and I bet a lot of people are amazed at how the investment environment has really changed because it's dramatic. But it has changed. And are you prepared for that? Where, did you make yourself prepared? Or are you, are, you, are you just watching it? You know, there is an argument to do nothing. There is a strong argument to do, not do nothing. Leave your investments alone. But with the volatility, and I think we're going to see more volatility throughout the summer. That means you need to pay attention Everybody. So I think it's good. I think it's worth it to take a minute or two to remind you what uh, I do, Steve Peasley, and Justin Klein do at KPP Financial. We're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County between San Diego and L.A. counties. And we um, let me remind you that here at Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And what does that really mean? That means we provide unbiased guidance to people, We practice parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. Same price, same time, same percentages. Uh, We have certain investment strategies that we implement for ourselves and for our clients, all the same. So I encourage you to take advantage of a free portfolio review. We'll take a look at it. We won't tell you what to do. We'll just tell you what we feel about your portfolio, talk to you a little bit to find out how much risk you're willing or wanting to take, and whether that matches what you're doing in your portfolio. You can send us a message through investtalks.com, or you can call KPP Financial in Irvine, California. And after speaking with us for about, what, five minutes, 10 minutes, I think you'll get a good feel of if we can help you or not. And there's no obligation. Trust me, there's nothing, we're not going to push anything on you. We don't do that. So I think we're pretty different in that aspect because we're very, very much opposed to pushing any kind of investments on anybody. But we can help you. We want to help you, and I promise we will. The sooner you contact us, the sooner we can help you.
0: So give us a call.
2: We'll take another call question next here on Invest Talk.
0: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email, and Steve and Justin thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes, and be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Eight eight eight
1: ninety nine chart Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Adam from Texas. I was looking at a stock for shorting. The ticker symbol is SHOP, Sierra Hotel Oscar Papa Shopify. I'd love to hear your insight on this because it seems to be doing great right now, but it's definitely one of those IT stocks that you said are not a great investment. So, looking forward to your answer on the show. Thanks.
2: Bye. Yeah, I want to clarify. Growth stocks, which a lot is in the tech sector, um, the growth stocks are out of favor right now, and they've taken a big hit. But the problem is that they've taken a big hit. So, you're trying to short them after they took the big hit, and that's riskier. Now, Shopify, S-H-O-P, provides cloud-based commercial platforms for small, medium-sized businesses via subscriptions, merchant solutions. They make money, too. They've made money for a long time. They're going to make $0.08 this year, $0.20 next year. They made $0.64 last year coming out of the COVID year. But they make money, and it's a $34 stock. It's way overpriced. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think I'd short them. Sales growth, most recent quarter was March quarter, was twenty two percent. Before that was the lowest growth it's had for some time. Okay, so we'll see what they do when they report this, you know, they, this second quarter. But I don't like, you know, it's already moved down from one hundred and forty dollars down to thirty four. It's already had a big, huge drop, and you're expecting it to drop more. When I think that this is about where this support starts to come in so i don't think this would be a good idea can it fall further of course i can see it going all the way down to fourteen dollars i can see that but that i mean this their sales have to just fall off a clip we've had to go into recession for sure and you know it, it would it would take some doing to get it down to that next support level below where support level is right now so i would not short it shopify S H O P. I i would not Okay, uh, natural gas is up 700% in Europe. Have you noticed that natural gas is like taking over oil as an energy source that is pushing geopolitics? Because natural gas coming from Russia into Europe is pushing the narrative, not necessarily the oil, even though the oil is also a problem. But LNG, you know, huge contracts going everywhere in the world. Everybody wanting our our natural gas to be shipped LNG to all over place else because we got tons of it, just oodles of natural gas. We got several hundred years worth of natural gas, and that's now. If we explored for more, we'd probably find a lot more. But we, you know, that's another issue. But the point is. It's driving now since so it's so expensive, and LNG is driving a lot of investments worldwide. So you as a as an investor have to pay attention to what's going on there. You know, so it's a driver. Up there with oil now. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, that to help achieve financial freedom. And, of course, the work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now,
0: 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume, because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
4: Hey, Steve and Justin. Thanks for everything you guys do on the show. I have a question about financing large purchases like a home. You know, one of the reasons that companies use debt is because they're earning a higher rate of return internally than the rate at which they could borrow. Let's take the example of a $350,000 home purchase, for example, and and assume the person can either pay cash or get a mortgage of four to four and a half percent. If the person can earn an average of nine to 10% in the S&P 500 over the long term, and let's say they're very secure financially, can afford any payments many times over, wouldn't they be better off taking the mortgage, paying the interest, and investing their money? just want to get your thoughts on this. Thanks a bunch, and thanks again for all you do.
2: Now, see, that's a dangerous uh, question for me to answer. Because think about money when it's super, super cheap, and you can make more money in the stock market. But you got to remember, you're taking a risk with the stock market. Looks what happened this year. But there is a point where is the risk worth to taking uh, by borrowing money against an asset like your house and taking that money and investing in the stock market? I will always say you need to pay off your house before you retire. Okay? That's the smart thing to do, and that's true for most of us out there, 99% of us. But I've done it. I've borrowed money against the house and invested it in the market. Because. two and a half percent, three percent is really cheap money. You know, and I can get I can get, get a much better return by investing in it. But it's very risky for those people who do not know what they're doing. So I would not suggest it, that people you don't hear me suggesting this, but I need to answer your question and your question and the answer is yeah, you could do it and it will work as long as you borrow money real cheap. Right now money's not as cheap as it it's twice as expensive as it was. So it's more risk. Okay? Tough difficult question. Morgan Stanley. You know all these big houses say different things at different times. You, know, you can can you rely on them? They say that the uh they say that if we fall into a recession, the market may fall twenty two percent below its current levels. The stock market. And they also say that if we do not fall in recessions, stocks will rally before the end of the year. Which one is it? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Which one is it? This way you can say both things and be right. You ever notice that happens a lot from experts? They'll say they'll say both negative and positive, and that way they go back and say, see, I told you I was right. So. I, you know, what I always tell you, well, what are the odds? Well, the odds were, you know, I told you before, the average bear market is 33%, average. And we're 21 or so on the S&P 500. This is for the S&P 500. So we haven't even hit, reached the average bear market. But it doesn't have to get to the bear average. It could be less, and it could be more. So it, you just don't know. And this particular bear market is... Very much subject to what the Fed does. The Federal Reserve. You know, if they continue to push interest rates high. And I think they're going to go more than they should. I think they already have, really. I think they should stop or get be close to stopping. I think we Did you see the oil drop below $100 a barrel today? Remember the peak? To what, 124? Something like that. Now, now it's below hundred. Do you realize that uh, gasoline prices have fallen like three weeks in a row? No, not very fast, right? Very, very slow. But you know that's pressure. I'm just saying that because it's pressure off of uh, of inflation. So I think the pressure is coming off, right? But that doesn't mean inflation is going to go down. It will probably, it's probably peaked. We might back off a little bit, somewhat, I don't know, from 8.5%, maybe to 6 to 75 It will probably do that if, if the oil prices stay this way. But, you know, it's always difficult to know for sure. It is. It's almost impossible. <laughs> I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your download anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And by the way, we have now exceeded 43 million downloads, so thank you very much for that. 43 million. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. If you do, listen to downloads on iTunes. A positive rating raises our profile and keeps spreading the word. Of course, you get to rate us any way you want to. doesn't have to be positive, but we would appreciate it. Independent thinking, shared success. This is best Talk. Good night, everybody.
3: Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security.